In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Last time we spoke, <coughs> we said there are some obstacles that we need to be aware of in order to reveal the glory of God. In other words, God wants to reveal His glory through you. He needs you. He needs me. Therefore, he has placed you wherever you are. And, and, and this particular theme is repeated throughout the scriptures. So if you can open your Bibles, please, to Isaiah chapter 40, and let's read these verses again. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 4 and 5. Let's read them again. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. Verse 5. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What are the four obstacles in verse 4? In verse 4, God is telling us that there are four obstacles that will prevent the revealing of the glory of God in our lives. The first one is valley, every valley. The second obstacle, every mountain. The third obstacle, the crooked places. And the fourth obstacle, the rough places. What does this mean? Every valley shall be exalted. What is the valley? It's, it's, a, it's a lower place, right? They said that 75% of the world population suffer from, suffer from low self-esteem. 
So therefore, one of the obstacles that we need God to take care of is low self-esteem. And the Lord has spoken, and he said that every valley shall be what? Filled. So for example, as, as his uh, grace said, if you are looking, for example, if I am an unmarried man, and I'm looking for a wife to to, so I can get rid of my loneliness, it will never happen. So therefore, this valley has to be filled with the Lord himself. Who said that? Look at verse 5. The glory the, 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 for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Why should we believe this? For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's not Isaiah. It is the Holy Spirit who inspired Isaiah. God the Holy Spirit. The third person of the, hypo, the, of the Trinity. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall be exalted. One biblical character that comes to my mind is uh, Leah. Leah, do you know Leah or you don't? Who's Leah? Huh? Who's Leah? Jacob's wife. His first or second? Yeah. Did he, did he really wanted to marry her? Okay. Why? The, the, what did the Bible say about, about Leah? She was not beautiful, right? When, when she was born, it was not noticed, right? As a baby, she, it was not noticed whether she was beautiful or not. But when did they realize that she was not beautiful? When Rachel was born. Not only that, but Leah had an infirmity. She had a problem with her eyesight. And who, who made it worse on her life? Her father. Because he, he knew that Jacob loved whom? Rachel. But he forced Leah on him. That made it worse. And she knew that Jacob loved Rachel. Did you know that in order for him to do that, he got him drunk? And when he found out, he returned her home on the third day when he got rid of his dark, uh, drunk, uh, drunkness. So imagine being returned after three days, and she knew why. A valley, low self-esteem. And probably she told her father, I told you he didn't love me. Why did you do that? And he worked seven years for Rachel. And then he told him, work another seven years and I will give you Rachel. I told him, no, I'll get her first and then I will work seven years. So imagine he told him, wait. He could not wait more than one week. So here Leah is faced with a dilemma. 
Should I attend my sister's wedding? Should I attend my former husband's wedding? <laughs> yeah, she was. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. Emotional divorce. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, imagine the hurt. But you know what the Lord had said? Because he promised, every valley shall be what? The Bible says that because he knew that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. And he opened her womb, and from Leah, she gave Jacob six children plus Dina. And the fourth one was Judah. And from Judah came the Lord Jesus Christ, glory be to him. So she deserved to be what? In the ancestry of the Lord. So therefore, every valley. But here the problem, the obstacle will become very, very, very bad if you are hoping that someone else other than the Lord Jesus Christ to fill the valley. It will never happen. It will never happen. This is the valley. What is the second obstacle? The mountain. The mountain. What's the mountain? Pride. The opposite of the valley. Who can exemplify in the Bible the, uh, the mountain? Samson. Uh, very good. But who else? Moses. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Samson, Satan, all of them. But the one that I have in mind is Moses. Moses lived 40 years as a prince, right? One day he would become Pharaoh. And he got educated at best college in the world at that time. 40 years was known as the prince. Even the movie, Prince of Egypt. And then when his mother, Jochabed, she told him, you are going to be the deliverer. Because, you know, they know that they were going to be in a foreign land for 400 years, right? According to the promise that was given to Abraham. So once Joseph brought Jacob and his brothers to Egypt, they started kicking the stopwatch. And then by the time Moses was born, 400 years have passed. So she knew this is the time. So Moses knew he was a, he was a deliverer, but how he was going to do? He had problem with pride. So the first time he went to visit his flock, he killed someone. Don't you know whom you're speaking to? 
So God had to deal with this. That's why he said every mountain and hill brought low. If we don't get rid of these obstacles, my dear friends, we won't be able to reveal the glory of God, whether at home, whether at church, whether at work. Pride. Pride. So therefore God told him another 40 years, taking care of whom? Sheep. You know, sheep are known as what? The most dumbest animals in the whole world. They are known as the three Ds. Defenseless. Have you ever seen Beware of, the, of, uh, of Sheep? <laughs> Have 100 sheep are, are uh, protected by a, a puppy. <laughs> Defenseless, dirty, they cannot clean, cleanse themselves, clean themselves. And they're dumb. They make dumb mistakes, like all of us. No wonder he told us, you are the sheep, but I am the shepherd. So we make dumb mistakes. Can't, can, can't remember? We have all done them. We're still doing thank God, and we'll keep doing them. But thank God that he cleanses us, because we can't clean ourselves. Sacrament of confession and communion. And we cannot defend ourselves. So 40 years behind the sheep, he was a God was able to bring that mountain low. The same way that he filled the valley of Leah. How many obstacles did we say? Four. How many did we cover? What's the first one? And what's the biblical character? Leah. And the second one? Mountain? What's the biblical character? I'm used to teaching Sunday school, so that's the best I can do. Okay. What's the third obstacle? The crooked places. What's the crooked places? Unknown things about you that you don't reveal to anyone, even your closest people in your life, even your father confessor. We don't talk about them. And even if you are so comfortable with your father confessor, you hint at them without revealing these crooked places. Usually, biblically speaking, the crooked places are in two areas in our lives. Our relationship with the opposite sex and our financial dealings. Sorry? I can't even see it. It's too small here. I don't know. Okay. The crooked places are our relationship with the opposite sex and our financial dealings. I, I have a, a, a gentleman. When he was young, he used to take stuff in Egypt, not in America, so don't think of any. He used to take, they had a, a Monopoly game, and at that time, Bank al-Sa'ada, Bank al-Hazza, Bank al-Sa'ada, okay. 
And then whenever, and it was a very expensive game, not everybody could afford it. So he had a problem that whenever he misses a piece, whereas whether a piece of money or a, a car or what have you, he would go and play with his neighbor as if he was playing and what? <laughs> Can you believe he did this when he was first or second grade? It was lingering with him in his conscience until he is married and have kids. And he told me, I can't get rid of the guilt. Every time I remember, I get blushed. Crooked places. We all have them. We all have them. How many times we have taken stuff from work that we shouldn't have? How many times we have made personal calls during the eight hours of work? How many times we have taken care of Sunday school lessons during our eight hours of work? How many times we have used the time that we're supposed to be to glorify God through my work to do even stuff for him? <laughs> See how? How contradictory this can be. 60 minutes of pay requires 60 minutes of work. You know, Abuna Mikhail Ibrahim Kibir? One time, I'm sure you know you have heard this story before about the, the, the pencil. He used to work for a government office, and one time, they used to have this type of pens that you write, Bisamom Elam Kobia. So on his way out, by mistake, he put the pen on his pocket. And then he went to church for Sunday school service, and he was taking the attendance. He was looking for his pen. He could not find it. He found the pen of the office. He refused to use it outside of the office to do God's work, to take the attendance of his kids in Sunday school. It is, he said, it is not lawful for me. This, was, this is a, a government property that was given to me to do the work that I am getting paid for. Was he naive or was he taking care of the crooked places in his life. How, how, how do you deal with the opposite sex at the office? Sorry, there is no? Yeah, which is good. What, what, what's in, nowadays, we don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know. You know who's the biblical character for this? Whom do you think? David. David. You know, I, I was talking to his grace the other day, and I, I told him, we're, we're trying to build a church in Miami. And I told him, God did not allow David to build a church. He did not allow him to build the church, and he told him, your son will build the church, not you. And imagine he had given us this privilege to do it. 
Who are we to be compared to David? A man after God's own heart. But he did have a crooked places in his life. Do you remember he had an issue with the opposite sex? He was married almost to nine women, according to the Bible. And the wife of Uriah the Hittite did not belong to him. And even when he asked about her, because he had three times, thank God, if you're busy, thank God for that, please. And if you're not, get busy. Because he was walking on the roof of his palace, and he looked at something he should not have looked. And that's what the Lord said, cut it out. Cut it out. She's your sister. She's your mother. You cannot look at her in a lustful way. You can't. It's not your right. He looked at her, and then he asked. I'm assuming you know the account, so I'm not just going over it because we have to finish. He asked them, who is she? They made him, they wanted to say it in a polite way. This is the wife of Uriah the Hittite, the soldier in your army. He didn't get it. He called her. As, as Sayyidna said, not just the friends. <laughs> and they committed adultery. And he, 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 he hid it for a whole year. And was okay with it. Until Nathan the prophet came. And when Nathan came and told him the allegorical story that you all know about the sheep, a poor man who did not, who only had one sheep, she used to eat from his plate, she used to sleep on his bosom. It's the only, the only thing that he had. And a rich man who had many, many sheep, and he had some guests, unexpected guests, and instead of slaughtering his own sheep, he took the only sheep of that poor man. David got so heated up during listening to that allegorical story, he told him, as the Lord lives, he will not live until tomorrow. And he looked at him and pointed at him and said, it is you, you are the man. But David, because he was a man after God's own heart, this crooked place in his life, he said, I have sinned. And he heard the beautiful words that we all hear when, we, when the priest put the cross on our heads. And your sins have been lifted up. So what's the first obstacle? Hmm? Valleys. But they shall be filled. Right? What's the second obstacle? Mountains. But they shall be made what? Low. Which is okay. As a matter of fact, it is quite all right. If you have a harsh boss, it is good for you. It is really good for you. 
the crooked places shall be made straight. The last thing is the rough places smooth. The rough places are problems. You know, there are certain people are born with problems, one after another. The biblical character that I can think of is Jacob. <laughs> Before even he got out of his mother's womb. Esau was, was, was coming out, he held his knees and he said, that's why they called him supplanter, <laughs> Jacob. He didn't want him to go first. He wanted to have the birthright. And deception. One deception, just deception, all his life was deception. Deceived his brother, deceived his, his father, deceived his uncle. His holiness, Pope Shenouda, said a beautiful thing. He was living a very, very crooked life when he had two straight legs. The minute that he met God and he made him lame, he started walking what? straight so therefore every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth smooth by the way, he did not say that the rough places will become straight, smooth, which means what? Uh, Jonah, his problem that he was in the, the way, right? He thought that, he, that if, if, if he gets out of the whale, all his problems would be solved. God said, no, you're going to be in the whale for three days and you're going to pray in the, in the whale, not to get out of it. Daniel in the, in the lion's den, he said, I need to get out of here. I don't know who's the whale in your life. I don't even know who's the lion in your life. But you want to get rid of the lion's den and you want to get rid of the whale. God said, no, you're going to be in the lion's den, but I will make it smooth by sending my angels to shut off the mouth of the lions. You're with me? The three young men in the fiery furnace. We need to get out of here. No, you're not, you're not going to get out of here, but I, the Son of Man, will be with you in the fiery furnace. How many did Nebuchadnezzar saw? Did, how, did, how many did he see? In four. When they came out, how many did he see? Three. So that means the Son of Man is still there, waiting for you and me to make the rough places what? smooth having said that back again to work how can we worship in the workplace is it possible can we have a, a sermon titled Worship in the Workplace? Well, since it is Christian duty, what are you doing there? You are worshiping. You are worshiping. Look at this, ver this uh, verse. 
this way. Proverbs twenty two. Verse 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings, and he will not stand before unknown men. So how can you worship in the workplace? You need to excel. Why you need to excel? Not because they pay you good or they pay you less. Because you're working for whom? Christ. You're working for Christ. Believe me, my beloved, there is no such a thing called secular job. My job is not more sacred than yours. We all have sacred jobs. Whether you are a plumber or you are a priest. There is no, there is no, this, this dichotomy does not exist in the, in the mind of God. We all have mission. As a matter of fact, the places that you go to, I can't go as a priest. Therefore, God has sent you to where we cannot go because he wants his glory to be revealed through you. Therefore, you have a sacred job. doesn't matter what you're doing. Therefore, you need to do an excellent job. Because when you excel in your work, you will stand before kings and you will not stand before unknown men. There is a beautiful chapter in the Holy Bible in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, but I see you all so sleepy. And I don't know what to do, but I need to say them. In, in, this, in this chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 24, It's very hard to see this phone. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Can you imagine? Can you think of a seven-year-old in your family becoming a king? Especially nowadays, seven years old were electronics. And he reigned 40 years. He died when he was 47 years old. His mother's name was Zibia of Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took two wives for him, and he had sons and daughters. Now it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. And he excelled in his work. 
Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it quickly. What the, what's the Bible says? However, the Levites, the priestly tribe, did not do it quickly. Grudgingly. So the civil king was doing God's work while the priests were not doing God's work. And then when they were instructed by the king, capital punishment is at hand, they did it, but they did it not what? They did not do it wholeheartedly. And nothing can really make you lose your happiness and joy if you do anything half-heartedly. You know, like what? You, you, you will lose becoming salt. What's the salt that does to the food? Yeah, tasty, and, and it preserves it. You will cease to become light. And you will not fulfill your purpose. So therefore, you need to find the light in what you do. And if you don't like it, change it. So the king called. So imagine the king would have said, well, if the priest don't care, why should I care? <laughs> he didn't. And then he developed a plan. I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to spare you reading the whole thing. He developed a plan, and he, 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 he provided them with a chest to collect the money. And then he followed up with them, and he followed with the repairmen. He did an excellent job. That's why the Lord said about Joash in the Holy Scripture that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of his life. And he needs to say this about you and me. And whatever we do, and whatever we do. Okay, let's end with that. Work, worship in the workplace. If you have, uh, can you write down these verses with me? Because this will change the way you look at work. I'll tr I will try to get them in the screen for you. I'm going to give you the verse, and you tell me what is the benefit of work from this verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Let him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So, how you worship? By giving. Do you know that work is what is giving? Work is giving. He said here, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, 
that he may have something to give him who has need. Giving. So remember this work is giving. Look at this verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. I wish you can write all these verses so whenever you feel down at work, you read them. But not during work hours. Romans 12:11 not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord not lagging in diligence not lagging in diligence so work has to be fervent fervent Look at what the Lord said in, 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 in Luke chapter um, 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 7. The Lord told the disciples, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. The laborer is worthy of his wages. There is value in what you do. And that's from the mouth of the Lord. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Two more. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor, there is what? Profit. But idle chatter leads only to what? Poverty. In all labor, doesn't matter what it is, in all labor there is profit. You know, the word busy comes from business, <laughs> or vice versa, whatever. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Think of Facebook when you say idle chatter. The last verse, and, and, and we're out of here. First Timothy. Chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, what did St. Paul say about him? He has denied the faith. You know, denied the faith means what? Heretic. <laughs> Heresy. 
You know, one of the fathers of the church, they, they uh, accused him of being a thief. He said, yes, I am. And then they accused him of, of being uh, greedy. He said, yes, I am. And then when they accused him of being heretic, he said, no, I'm not. Because if I am a thief, I can repent. And if I am greedy, I can repent. But if I am heretic and die, and I will lose my salvation. So St. Paul said, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than unbeliever. Unbeliever. This is how you can worship in the workplace. Work is giving. Work is fervency. Work is value. Work is busyness. And work is providing. We are called to be diligent in everything that we do. Work exalts our God. St. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am who? I am. Let me tell you one thing that our kids don't understand. The world owes you nothing. It was there before you. It was there first. <laughs> Work enables meaningful giving. Work encourages church's growth. And work enriches church worship. He said, six days you work, and on the seventh you rest. This is the day of the Lord. Imagine working six days or five days and coming to the day of the Lord, meaning business with God. This is the way it's supposed to be. May the Lord Jesus Christ allow me and you to reveal his glory to all the people who come in touch with us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.